You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Steph isn't here tonight, but I want to welcome to help us wrap up this series and this podcast, executive producer and showrunner extraordinaire, Rob Thomas. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for uh, coming back. I mean, right off the bat, I want to thank you for giving us uh, five spectacular seasons of iZombie. Um, this is a show that started off as uh, you know great genre entertainment and just became this incredible, in my opinion, underappreciated political allegory in uh, these uh, trying times. Um, (laughs) I can only imagine a a switch flipped in the writer's room in 2016. Can you tell us what made you decide to kind of focus on subjects like, you know, the wall, immigration, xenophobia? Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the political allegory is is not uh, subtle, I I would say. (laughs) Um, You know, even... I, I suppose what I've been very interested in, uh, you know, as much as you know, talking about immigration is just uh, the idea of can the center hold. Um, that has been sort of an underlying theme the whole time is, you know, uh, we have the radicalized zombies, we have radicalized humans, and, it, you know, can, can the good people in the middle hold Seattle together. Uh, I, I was really interested in, in sort of exploring that idea. It, it, it's sort of unsexy, really, to be in the middle. Um, and, I, and I don't mean to suggest that I'm in the political center. I'm not, but I'm, I'm right. certainly uh, not in, in a radical extreme either. Um, and, yeah, that's, it's, it's an odd place to put your hero. Uh, it, it's mm-hmm. much sexier to have them leading the revolution than, uh, than trying to keep civilization together. But, um, uh, but that was what I was interested in, uh, what both Diane and I were interested in with iZombie. Yeah, it's good seeing you know live as a peacekeeper because obviously you know humans have a reason to be scared of zombies. <laughs> so and zombies have a reason right, to be right. scared of humans. Uh, yeah, I I cannot imagine the amount of pressure that went into bringing iZombie to a close and bringing back Veronica Mars. Can you talk a bit about what it was like to just juggle all that? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was it was a <laughs> difficult uh, year. I mean, I I. I I would do it again if um, I had the opportunity because I, you know, I love both shows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but there were times where I, um, uh, where I, I just had questions coming at me from both shows and was beyond frazzled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somewhere in the uh, October, November, December both shows were going full speed and, uh, and, and luckily John Enbaum, who, um, is a longtime friend and, uh, you know, was really the driving force behind party down and was a Veronica Mars writer and had done, uh, I, a couple of pieces of consulting on eyes of it. I was going to say, I believe he produced one of Aaron Eccles movies too. So he's on the poster at least. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
I believe I believe he also graduated from Neptune High School, so I'm not sure how <laughs> uh, how he managed to do all those things. The funny thing is, when I wrote John Enbaum into the into the pilot script of Veronica Mars, um, there were, he was not on the show. He was just a friend of mine that I name dropped in there. <laughs> Um, I think I don't think I would have done that had I known he would be such an integral player uh, uh, in terms of both uh, the writing many many uh, Veronica Mars episodes and really um, uh, taking over much of the final season of iZombie. He, he was really a lifesaver. Yeah, I think you guys all pulled it off uh, really well. Uh, so uh, all right, well, thanks. I, I, I hope you don't mind if we get in some deeply nerdy iZombie talk. <laughs> um, well, I, am, I am happy to do that. Um, I, I often find that people can out-nerd me on both Veronica Mars and uh, iZombie, that, I, um, that when we get deep down into the weeds, uh, I sometimes uh, find that fans know the show better than I do. But, but I'm happy to get in there. Let's, let's talk about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I just wanted to start right off with this theory that I've had all along. Um, it's widely accepted that in the pilot, Blaine turned Liv into a zombie by scratching her. Um, however, I'd like yeah. to po- posit that Liv actually turned Blaine into a zombie before Blaine turned Liv into a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I, I think that is a really interesting theory. Neither Diane nor I have ever thought that. Um well, me, uh, we have always. Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Let, I, I am, let me explain it to you. <laughs> so, so Blaine is high on the tainted utopium. He's trying to sell it. He sees Liv and tries to hit on her. Liv throws a cup of Max Rager in his face. The Max Rager mixes with the tainted utopium and turns him into a raging zombie. And then, of course, you know he scratches her. So she turns him into oh a God. zombie, that, and then that she, is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is brilliant. I love it. I say it just becomes canon from now on. Yes. Oh my God. You have no idea. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that theory. That is that is pretty great. Uh, is uh, something poetic about like causing your own you know, like troubles? I don't know. I don't. Know. I, I didn't get too deep into it, but uh, I just watching it over and over again. I just started thinking about that. Um, okay. I so- dig it. <laughs> So I have a, uh, you know, I also have questions from uh, listeners. Um, we have Tim and Dave uh, both actually sent in uh, some questions about season three. I know this is a while back for you, but, okay. you know. Um, so how differently would have things been if uh, Andrew Savage and, you know, Vivian Stahl stayed on the show? Like, would, would you have brought Chase in still? Were you guys planning on the fact that Blaine had murdered her husband? Yeah, no, we had, uh, bringing in Chase Graves was only a product of, uh, of Andrea Savage going off to do her own show. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, I think a lot of what that Andrea, a lot of what Chase Graves did were things that we had in mind, uh, for the Andrea Savage character. And it's it's kind of wonderful that you brought back Zombie Island at the end. Anyway, you know that was like the perfect utopia that she wanted to promise. But of course, there was the threat of the U.S. government. So, um, right, right. Uh, how about how about uh, uh, Natalie? Uh, 
I, there's a theory going around that like Brooke Lyons was cast in life sentence and maybe, you know, if she uh, wasn't cast, perhaps she would have stayed on. There was this whole like subplot with her and Osborne Oates and uh, maybe Osborne being involved in the theft of the cures. <laughs> so like I said, deep nerdy stuff. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I will say that Brooke Lyons, while one of our uh, favorite guest stars, um, she was always going to be short-lived. It was not about losing her to another show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the secrets of iZombie, you know, is that we could only afford uh, Lib to have Los Angeles actor guest stars. <laughs> like, um, you know, part of the, you know, we shoot up in Canada and essentially we could afford our budget allowed for four LA actors per episode to fly up um, each episode and Lee's boyfriends of the year were uh, LA actors most of the time. And it would fill up. We, we could, <laughs> one of the things we couldn't afford to do is to give any of the other characters of the show, a long running LA romantic interest. <laughs> yeah. So it, it um, you know, we love Brooke, um, but uh, but the but we didn't lose her to another show. That was uh, always our intention. Uh, the direction it was heading. Uh, this is a uh, slight quibble. It, is Lily White spelled with one L or two? <laughs> I mean, uh, well, three L or two. L. Well, three total. Yeah, three, three, three. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. See, all this time mm-hmm. I've been saying I've been correcting people saying it's with one, but okay. <laughs> Uh, what was Robert Buckley's reaction when you told him he was going to have one last shirtless scene in the series finale? Or, you know, maybe you didn't tell him, but he found out. <laughs> um, you know, um, uh, Buckley was, was uh, the shirtless scenes weren't his favorite and I weren't his favorite. And I, uh, you know, I understand why. I mean, first of all, it's nerve wracking to take your shirt off uh, yeah. on camera and, uh, so I think for a couple of reasons. One, you know, it would always mean like, okay, Buckley, you're going to be shirtless, and so starve yourself for the next three weeks. And who, who wants to do that? Yeah. Uh, and and also, you know, I mean, um, you know, Robert Buckley is a fantastic room, you know, sort of uh, a, a guy who's really deft with words and a terrific actor, and it. And, you know, I can understand how that would sometimes make you feel like a piece of man meat, uh, like brought onto a CW show to, for the very express purpose of, uh, taking off your shirt. Um, but, uh, but I will also admit he looked pretty good with his shirt off and, yeah. uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with the occasional eye candy. So it was, it was always a matter of some debate, um, uh, but but he was understanding of that that final shirtless scene. He was totally on board. I I just thought it was almost like a kind of like a shared joke between you know the writers and Robert. Like uh, Ames uh, literally yells at him to take off his shirt. So I thought it was kind of a you know a payoff <laughs> of so many shirtless scenes. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, okay, let's go. To, let's talk. Let's talk about the kids. I was kind of unclear about some of the, some of the kids' stuff. Um, so, okay. I, I, I wanted to know about the Freylight kids. Did they just die, or because <laughs> they ran away? And uh, um, I don't know. Oh, the, the Freylight kids. 
at the end. I'm yeah. that that is making my brain hurt. The um the the ones who did not become our adopted orphans. Uh yeah, and that was a matter of running out of show time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, there was a scene in some draft of one of those scraps uh, in one of those final scripts where we did, did see their departure and just for time and budget reasons, um, we had to lose them. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the, uh, the kids? I mean, so I guess, I guess we find out about, you know, kids like Oliver who was, who was terminally ill and when they're scratched and then cured, um, that means that they're terminally ill again. So in order for them to stay alive, they have to stay a zombie, right? Right. Right. Okay. Um, how about, so are all the orphan kids, they, they just stayed zombie? Like, I mean, cause Annie and Pippi. Yeah. In, in our, in, yeah. In, in our minds, they liked being a family, That those, uh, that at the end, that was where they wanted to be. That, that would uh, I, I realized that um, that some of them would, ha- would would have had the option to return to human status, as, as would live and uh, major. But they, I think, they found kind of an idealized life um, there on Zombie Island. Okay, yeah, I was also kind of wondering about uh, live and major as well, like. It's almost. Uh, it almost seems like they're like in, they're in hiding, and maybe they kind of stayed zombies just in case uh, someone you know ambushed them or something like that. Uh, but perhaps they stayed uh, zombies because they were just happy being zombies at that point. Yeah, our thought was that it was an interesting turn for us that um, that live, you know. Which at the end of the day would choose being a zombie that 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 became her identity um, yeah. that she was most comfortable there it's it's where she was self actualized and where she wanted to remain and wanted to remain a parent to these kids it it for us it was sort of like the ultimate ha- happily ever after right yeah because it was always a debate like on 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 our podcast at least like what what is Liv going to ultimately choose in the end? And I think I was, I was satisfied with, uh, you know, her staying a zombie, uh, you know, especially with major being a zombie. Cause that was always the, uh, the problem with them that one of them wasn't a zombie. So, right. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So how about, how about Martin? Uh, my first question for you, and I don't, I don't know if it, did, did you intend for Martin to look so much like Dan Etheridge or, <laughs> Because when he was when he was first introduced, I was like, "Is that Dan Etheridge?" <laughs> that that uh, that is really funny. No, that that was that was certainly not the uh, not the intention there. Though I it, that theory, uh, I find a lot of joy uh, with. But no, uh, that was that was completely unintentional. Okay, uh, I figured. Um, how about uh, so? So Liv's dad was actually originally uh, supposed to be a part of the second season at one point. Was that story that you told in season five about uh, Martin the same kind of story you were planning on doing in two? I mean, obviously it would have been a lot different, uh, but maybe being the guy well, who started it all. No, in fact, we um, it would not have been, and I can't remember exactly what the story was that we were thinking of in season two. Um, but, um, but we kept 
you know, we, we always ignored Liv's dad, hoping that there would someday be a story that grabbed us enough mm-hmm. that warranted his inclusion. So I can't tell you how many times, like, uh, Liv's dad became a card up on our writer's room board um, that we just never cracked something that felt worthy of bringing him in. There were lots of ideas involved in him being high up in the military, and none of those ended up feeling right. Um, and so it just, it, it was just, we figured we would tell Liv's dad's story when we had a, had something that felt like it was worth telling. Um, and that's, that's why we didn't get around to it until the final season. Okay. Uh, I'm actually, I'm really happy that we held that card that long. Um, uh, cause, cause I liked how that all turned in on itself. Yeah, I, I I actually always wondered if maybe originally Eva was supposed to be you know in charge of the chicks at one point, maybe in an early uh, early you know rumblings around the writers' room, like what 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 she do for, and then you created the Dolly Durkins character, but how how weird would it would oh. be to have the extremes <laughs> on both yeah. sides. Oh, that is that that is an interesting idea that that had never occurred to us. Oh, okay, um, speaking of Dolly, why did you let her live? Um, I felt like we needed to in order, like, uh, we knew we wanted to keep Major and live on Zombie Island, and having that danger still lurking mm-hmm. uh, gave us that reason to, like, if, 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 uh, if the, you know, the human terrorists were still, uh, I mean, had all been wiped out, that um, they could just stay in Seattle. There was something about the romantic notion uh, of Zombie Island that would have felt unwarranted, I suppose, if if they could have just stayed in Seattle. Hmm. Uh, and and uh, um, speaking of uh, Eva, before that, like uh, uh, I read that there was a she was originally her and Evan were originally supposed to be on the plane back to Portland, and there was going to be a scene there. Can you tell us? What yeah, that scene would have been. Yep. Yeah, that. Um. Yeah, it, it just would have it would have tied the it would have just given them a meteor goodbye and a meteor. Um, uh, rapprochement. Um, there would have, you know, been more time for like an an emotional farewell. Uh, you know, it's one of the things that I do feel like. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know if I would use the word. Maybe I would. That we failed on uh, was developing that side of of Liv's life. Um, you know, her relationship with her mother and her brother. Um, we just, you know, in in the original pitch for iZombie, those two were going to be bigger characters. But as we started rolling into the show, just having a case of the week and, you know, Major was never a part of the case of the week. So Major always had a, you know, a B or C story. Right. There just, there was not enough room in the show to ever do those characters justice. Um, and so I understand that they were noticeable in their absence. Uh, a lot of the time it was just, it was just, we had so many storylines going and, and a, other series regulars, the service that there just wasn't room for them in the show. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, one thing, by the way, Oh, go ahead. No, please go ahead. 
Uh, just one thing I did want to note, it, you know, a couple things in the finale where we, um, uh, where we actually, we lost actors to other shows. And this is one of the things that always happens when, uh, when you are, 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 when you're a guest star, you, we have no hold on you. Like, um, right. so any of the characters who were not series regulars were free to take other jobs at any time. So just something that I thought fans might find interesting uh, is that um, Hobbs was supposed to be the one in the finale who sacrificed himself for Major. Oh, um, yeah, we were wondering where he, he got went another, to. <laughs> yeah, but he got another uh, gig, um, you know, that was, I, I think, uh, was going to be something that was running longer than us, and he, and he took that job, uh, which you know, we don't resent him for or anything, but that was like, we were going to give our Weasley yes, man Hobbs a, a moment of being a hero. Uh, and unfortunately we, we lost them for that. Uh, and then, uh, also, um, uh, Kavanaugh was supposed to perform, um, the Basio Clive wedding, uh, rather than va- vampire Steve. Um, uh, but we also lost him to, I, I want to say like to a honeymoon or something. Um, so those were a couple moments that we had intended to play slightly differently. Um, I mean, the actors who, you know, who filled in there, um, I'm, I'm, I'm fans of, but uh, I think the storytelling would have been a little better if we had had our, uh, original choices for those two moments. Yeah. Well, we, we, we made the joke that, uh, Hobbs isn't here because he's off with Shaw somewhere. So. Um, but no i getting getting back to eva i just wanted to say like you know it it, i i don't think um it was like a failure i'm I'm so glad that like you were able to get her her and you know evan back in for you know a few more scenes of the season i think that was a that was great to put to put a bow on it um so um I, i guess I guess I have a, a a few more like what happened to questions. Um, so so okay first, <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'll try I'll try to answer them. Okay. Um, how about the zombie hookers? <laughs> um. Well, they weren't hookers, oh, but man. they were at the uh, <laughs> at the uh, the right. they went to Nevada. You know, I, I I I have to admit that the sort of I I was on you know. I, the first seven episodes of the final season, I was there for the breaking of. Yeah. And I was, and then Diane and I came back to the last two and the areas that I'm most fuzzy are, uh, I mean, there, I, I read the script. I was in the editing room a little bit on them, but those are really when I was largely in Van, in Veronica Mars world there. Mm-hmm. So I cannot remember what, I, I mean, I remember the storyline, but I cannot remember the, what happened to them next? Yeah, I mean, because there were a few, like like the the zombie sleeper agents in Congress, uh, the cage of the trained Romeros. Um, we were all wondering, you know, where they might have gone to. Um, but you know, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> unsure about that. I'm, I'm I wish I had that answer. That's okay. Um, how about uh, was there any thought of maybe bringing Mr. Boss back in uh, for the finale or uh, her his his daughter um, now? <laughs> Um, I, I, I love, uh, I love Mr. Boss. Um, I love, I love Eddie Jemison. Um, uh, there, you know, 
some things had to give. Um, yeah, I, certainly bringing him back into the final was uh, in the finale was a desire, but it became pretty clear that there there wasn't going to be room for him there. Right. I, I, you know, if there is a revival, there's your, there's a big villain there. <laughs> <You can> use... <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, here, here's a really, uh, really silly one. Uh, why is the uh, officer that's on the plane named Michael Jackson? <laughs> uh, what, was it, what was named Michael Jackson? The, the police officer that comes onto the plane and says that he'll bring them to the border. They say uh, they, they, they. She the stewardess says this is my brother Michael, and you see on his uniform it says Jackson. <laughs> so I wasn't sure. That, <laughs> there was a joke. Here's what, here's what happens. Here's what happens a ton of the time. Um, it is name clearance is the bane of my existence. Right. Um, you will write a character name or a place name. I mean, one of the saddest things for us is that uh, the original name for Scratching Post was Cold Cox, which we <laughs> we adored in the writer's room. That, that, that made us incredibly happy, and yet there's some sort of alcohol out in the world named Cold Cox, uh. and we could not do that. And so at a certain point, like you can, to get a name cleared, you either have to go very unique or very generic because like to name a character john smith is easy because there are a billion of them in the world and you can't get sued because there's only one john smith in seattle and you depicted that john smith negatively um and you can and what will happen is writers will write the name they intend and then that name will clear and you'll be shooting and it's just i need a name to clear and I'll bet you anything, like the something like the original name, like one of those two names, Michael or Jackson, uh, was the original name. It didn't clear, and they just started plugging in the most generic names. I, I don't think anyone noticed that that we would have not intended to name that cop Michael Jackson. If we had intended to it, there would have been a joke. Um, yeah, I would bet anything at that point. It was just a script supervisor um, shooting four generic names up the uh, clearance report. And Michael is the one that they said cleared and we just plugged it in. Um, that That is regrettable. That is regrettable that we need <laughs> that poor man, Michael Jackson. Um, okay. How about, uh, let's see. Oh, in, so in the, you're talking about Blaine, um, in the finale, were you implying that perhaps, you know, Blaine had gotten Angus's corpse off the side of the road and just dropped it back in the wall well, or was he just kind of talking to the well as a memorial to his dad almost? It was more of a memorial. He had not popped his, his dad in there. It was just, uh, it was where he went to chat uh, yeah. with his dad. It was the equivalent of a, of a gravestone for, for right. us. Because like, there was this whole discussion of like, oh, it smells. Did you drop a body in there? No, I didn't drop a body in there. You know, so I was like, hmm, I wonder if you know Blaine's like uh, did something really awful and doesn't want to admit. It. Right, right. Um, so, so his, Blaine's last monologue, um, he talks a little bit about you know how he lived his life better than Angus did. And can you talk a bit about? Blaine's final moments before uh, Donnie sent him into the well. I mean, uh, and, and you know how uh, abrupt 
it was the the ending of of Blaine. Um, well, I, I do know this when the we had so many discussions about how Blaine should go out um, and who should be responsible for it, and there was much talk about whether it should be Don E or it should be Liv. And, and there's so much debate and I know Rose wanted Liv to have a, have a hand in it, if not be directly responsible. I also, but I felt at the time that the person angriest at, um, well, I, it, I loved where we got to, I guess it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's along. And I know I'm not exactly answering the, the question you're asking, but um, when we got to that idea in the, in the in the writers' room, that the the best punishment of all would be live dooming Blaine to an eternity with Don E down mm-hmm. in the well, um, that that made us all pretty happy in the writers' room. Um, you know, we talked a lot about you know what what makes Blaine evil. You know, um, you know the poor little rich boy. Like what? Yeah. What is it that that drives him? And um, and we wanted it. You know, the, the the idea that we settled on was that um, that he was both um, always um, unappreciated by his father and uh, abused by you know I think um, mentally abused by his dad and physically abused by his his. Uh, German housekeeper, yeah, uh, you know, under the watch, <laughs> yeah, under the watch, and that 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 was that was what made him so twisted. Um, so uh, the, the speech was meant to to speak to that, um, 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 you know, meant to you know for Blaine to be claiming victory. Um, yeah over his father, um, even if he's trying to convince himself of that in the moment. Hmm. Yeah. Cause there, we, we were always discussing on the podcast, like what is going to be the ultimate fate for Blaine and, you know, do you put him in prison? Do, would, would we, what would be, uh, uh, satisfying? Would, would, would him being in a prison cell satisfying? Would, you know, someone putting a gun to his head satisfying, um, but I, you know, this is definitely not one we thought of. <laughs> so this, that, that was great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was that, there was so much discussion about that. And I remember when we landed on that in the writer's room, it was like a, all right. I mean, it was a very, you know, we, we decided on that pretty early in the season and, uh, uh, and that, that, you know, you you sort of when you have ideas you like you put them on a card and put them on the writers room board and that was up there for a long time. We were pretty happy when we landed on that idea. And uh, you know it eventually uh, created one of the the funniest lines of the finale where Peyton says, "Now I'm going to push you in." <laughs> Would it be funny if I pushed you in now? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We have Maddie. Yeah. Uh, Maddie wrote in and says, "What happened to the wall that divided New Seattle from the rest of the U.S. after the time jump? Was it was it taken down?" Um, you know what? I, I have not given that much thought, but I think it would have been. Uh, you know, if. if um, my opinion is that that wall would have come down. Right. 
because you know, it, I mean, the, in the lines in the in the finale, they you know talk about how Seattle got re you know redone, re, reincorporated, and stuff. So I wasn't sure if that meant that you know it was like a, an extension of Zombie Island, um, or uh, it became a part of the the U.S. again. So hmm. Um, I, you know, I guess my hope is that that wall would have come down. I, I'm trying to think through the, the idea that, you know, of what the precautionary need would be. Because if you can cure zombieism, why does that wall need to be there? If someone gets scratched, you can cure them. I, I think that wall would have come down. Um, so the finale solidified the theory that zombies are basically immortal. I mean, was this something that you guys always believed uh, was true? Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad we don't have to play 50 more seasons of it. Um, <laughs> keeping the actors looking the same age would have been really difficult. Um, but yeah, that, that I mean, they're dead, so how can they be more dead? Right. Um, you know, I guess the question would have been if... You know, do parts start falling off of you? Yeah. You know, um, like there's just like, and what does it mean to like um, to if, if you're already dead um, and like an arm gets lost? Like eventually, like I could, I could, there might become. Of course, you could get your head smashed. You get all the things that normally kill zombies, right? Um, but like a, a lawnmower accident. I mean, you're just, sitting, you're just sitting there. I guess a zombie could get a prosthetic. Um, we, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're already dead, how do you get more dead? That was that was always the question. So we felt like they, you know, assuming assuming nothing that would kill a zombie um, gets to you, you can just keep on being dead. <laughs> I gotta say. Uh probably me and a few listeners just chuckled with you saying already dead. Uh, <laughs> so that's always something that we uh, kind of point out. Uh, okay. So, so yeah. So the terminally ill and the dying are flocking to zombie Island to get scratched. And that means that they'll, they'll live forever. So it's like, it seems like you've cured every sickness out there except for Freilich's disease. Wouldn't that eventually present an overpopulation problem? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it depends on how many people. It, it's such an interesting philosophical question that would take place. Like, um, you know, for most people, the notion of, you know, would the average person, the, the average person who's living a, a full life, um, like let's say you're 30 years old, you're going to be locked at whatever age. At 30, do you decide, you know what, I'm fine. I'm going to go to, uh, I'm okay with being a brain eater and being essentially uh, an animated corpse um, for, from now on. I, I, I sh- I, I'm certain that some people would have decided on that, but it, it does seem like a lot of people would just say, you know what, I'm just going to live a normal, uh, old-fashioned, you know, 80 two-year-old existence uh, or whatever our national average is at that time. Um, but it is, if, if we continued doing seasons, it, w- it would be something we would have had to drill down on much harder. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, many people wrote in like uh, uh, Anima, uh, who says she sends a big hug from Brazil. Uh, she says... Uh, All right. Uh, what, <laughs> wondering if this was really it for iZombie or if there are any future revivals. <laughs> and I'm sure um, you're going to get a definitive we, answer. <laughs> um, you know, never say never, but I, 
I mean, this, I, I have to say, like, when, when, when I wrote the season three finale of Veronica Mars, I knew there was more story I wanted to tell. There was there was an idea of we're you know we're going to go down swinging. We're not going to give uh, the audience a completely satisfying ending because we want it to keep going. Um, in writing the I Zombie finale, um, it was it was much more. This is likely the last we'll ever see these characters, and there was a feeling in the room like. Uh, when, when we, I mean, when we got our season five pickup, they told us this was going to be the last season, so we wrote to an ending. Yeah. Um, and so there isn't more story in my head. Um, this felt like a good ending spot. It, it you know, the the um, the the thing, and I know I've said this many times about iZombie. It, it really was the most fun uh, I've had doing a show. It it's um, it was this, uh, it was just a, it was a very happy family, um, where, uh, the actors adored each other and hung out together and, you know, the good crew and the network and mm-hmm. studio treated this well. And it was a happy writer's room. And it was just, it was a fun place to go to work for five years. Um, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, it's sad. It was, it was incredibly sad saying goodbye and going up to the, to the rap party because I can't tell you how, how often that is not the case uh, on a television show where, you know, all any, you know, a hundred things could lead to uh, it, it, you know, it, it being unfun, but, but iZombie always stayed fun. Uh, yeah. And it's just wonderful to podcast about and everybody I've talked to from the show. I even got to visit the set. Luckily, uh, everybody is just oh, super, right. super kind and nice. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it, was, it was a happy place. Yeah. Uh, Jenny writes in and says, did you have any other possible endings or plot twists uh, for the finale that you decided to scrap in favor for this one? Um, no, I, well, I mean, I, I mean, there were certain end spots um, that, like, that, that we've had in mind in some form. You know, I, I think we we always wanted Major and Lib to, to get together at the end. Um, we were always, you know, this show was not noir. I mean, the sort of the the, the different sort of mindset of doing Veronica Mars versus I Zombie. Is an I zombie? We were always thinking, what is fun? You know, what <laughs> what can we do that is fun? Um, um, and uh, and so we kind of always knew there was going to be a happy ending. Um, that you know, on Veronica Mars, so many things we tend to end better, bittersweet. You know, even when the ending is happy, there's usually some. Uh, some bit of darkness wrapped in there, you know, to keep our noir bona fides, you know, intact. Mm, yeah. Um, and so the idea that it was going to end, you know, Major live together, the gang survives, uh, zombie apocalypse averted was sort of always the plan. You know, the details once we got there, um, uh, we, we had to figure out, um, but there was no big other idea where, like, you know, 
Seattle goes up in a nuclear explosion. Oh, um, yeah. That's definitely what I wanted that, to ask you about. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was not really in the cards. Oh, because um, you, you introduced this giant bunker in the episode Dot Zom, and I had this theory going all season that Seattle was going to get nuked, but all our heroes would be hiding down in that bunker. <laughs> oh, oh man, I, we should have had you in the writer's room. You, you're pitching a lot of good ideas. That, that is really interesting. Uh, that means a lot. Thank um, you. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Darren wrote in and said, any brain uh, that you wanted to do but they didn't get to, he says that he would have loved to see live on ventriloquist brain and just live walking around with a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we made life so hard on Rose McIver, and she's <laughs> such a champ. Um, I mean, because she would, I mean, really prep uh, for, like, every week she's playing a new thing. Um, and how adept she was. And I mean, some of those, some of her interpretations just uh, blew my mind. Um, I, I am sure that there were brains that we didn't get to. I, I, I just, I can't think of them, uh, offhand. I, I, I just don't, um, I'm, I'm not remembering them at the moment. I know she definitely, I mean, at least on social media, expressed that she did not want to do cat lady brain. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was always a joke. She she is not a cat person. I mean, (laughs) Dan Etheridge, if if he really wanted to bug her, would just quietly meow around her, (laughs) and it would drive her up a wall. Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah, that that would have been... that would have been a cruel joke if we would have put Liv in a room, a rose in a room full of cats. Um, I have to say, my, like, my, you know, I, I'm not sure what would go on my Mount Rushmore of 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 iZombie episodes. You know, I don't, I'm not sure what all four would be, but um, I probably couldn't have loved um, the uh, live on. Uh, Codependent dancer brain episode <laughs> more that um, that was one of my favorites. The, that was a great one. Diane, no writer on our staff is better at digging into a brain. You know, Diane, um, you know, rented every uh, or downloaded every dance off movie she could find, and <laughs> she found a uh, a great balance of honoring all of those and uh, and how great Malcolm and Raul and, and Rose were in those dancing sequences that uh, that just delighted me uh, to no end. Um, okay, so talking uh, about the Chris Lowell cameo, you said in uh, Entertainment Weekly uh-huh. that you, you first considered Dak Shepard because you thought it would be great to have a real podcaster in the role. Um, but Dax was already booked. I yeah. was wondering why didn't you immediately think of us? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's just a joke. Oh, well, that that is a good question. I had um, uh, I would have to see your sad card first. Um, um, but, I don't um, have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that that would have been. In, you know, we do like going meta. That, that would have been an incredibly meta direction to take it in. 
Uh, my co-host Steph actually can't couldn't be with us tonight, but she definitely wanted me to tell you uh, that she says hello and thank you for a zombie, and that she loved Enzo and she loved the end of Veronica Mars. <laughs> so, uh, oh good, and, and so right. did I. By the way, all right. Well, that is really good to hear. Well, thank you, thank you. I, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I know it's controversial, but I'm uh, I'm pretty pleased with it, and um, and uh, I think. Hulu was very happy with it, so hopefully oh, we'll get to do more. Yes, that's what I, that was my next question. Any word on a season five? But uh, n- nothing definite yet, huh? Uh, nothing definite. They've asked us to run a schedule. Um, they they just need to see the numbers. Um, like I think they need to just see how many people watch it. You know, for these first couple months that it's out. Uh, I do know that they reported that uh, they you know they got the first three seasons of Veronica Mars on July 1st and they were thrilled with the numbers that the first three seasons were doing. Oh, they great. have not uh, reported to me how the new season is done, but they, um, but they did ask us to provide a potential schedule for a season five. Well, that was a, uh, that was definitely a great weekend uh, when it, when it came out, uh, just poured right through the episodes. Um, were were, were you right, happy with right. the, would, would you have rather have released them like weekly on Hulu? Um, I, I think so. Yes. Um, and I remember when they came to me and suggested that they would release them all at the same time and their uh, reasoning, which I understood was, you know, it, they said it's such a bingeable show. Um, they think that fans will dive in and it'll be a fun binging experience. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that's great. And, and I don't think I thought through um, until maybe a week before we actually had them all drop what that would mean for spoilers and how right. things would get out into the world. And so I may lobby if we get to do in a season five for them you know, to say hey, how about if we drop the first four and then release one a week after that or something like that so that, so that the detail, any big plot twists or the whodunit uh, doesn't get spoiled um, before the majority of people have a chance to check it out. Uh, well, I guess I just wanted to ask you um, what's coming up next for you. I mean, uh, I, I, any, any detail about the Lost Boys at all? Um, well, we're going to shoot. Uh, we're going to shoot the Lost Boys pilot again. That is, Lost Boys has been an odyssey for me. Uh, I've been uh, either attempting to write a new version or produce a new version for the last uh, several years. Um, maybe this is the one. Um, yeah. But we're definitely going to reshoot that pilot, um, and then uh, I have you know um, Heather Renier who has written for both Veronica Mars and uh, iZombie, um, she and I have sold a project to HBO Max um, called Weatherby Strange um, that is about sort of five sort of Wes Anderson-eccentric L.A. worldly private school kids who who end up living with their aunt and uncle in small-town Texas. Um, so, you know, we're hopeful that that will go, though there's, there are no guarantees on that. Um, um, but Heather is a, you know, is, is an LA private school kid. And I grew up in small town, Texas, and we sort of 
mashed our thoughts together and uh, it's a script that we really adore. So uh, we're keeping our fingers crossed on that. Awesome. And, you know, and I I look forward to hearing about those and and the new season of Veronica Mars. And uh, I just, I guess, thank you so much for the last last five years of my life. Uh, I really appreciated (laughs) having you on these, both these times and uh, talking about iZombie. uh, Thanks for doing the podcast. It it has been a fun ride. I I could not have enjoyed uh, these five seasons much more than I did. Awesome. Well, uh, have a, have a great day and, uh, you know, uh, good luck. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Rob. Thank you so much. And that's it. I've got nothing more for you. Um, except for maybe around Christmas time, we're going to probably release a, uh, um, fun wine induced commentary for, uh, Christmas Prince three. So if you want to stay subscribed for that, you can. Um, but, uh, wow, what an amazing interview with Rob Thomas. Uh, (laughs) doesn't get much better than that. And, uh, I'm glad to hear that I had some theories vindicated, some theories shot down. Um, but, uh, that was, uh, that was, that was a great way to cap off, uh, this great podcast. And, uh, Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I mean, I speak for Steph when I say that uh, this has been an incredible ride. <laughs> I don't think a, a fan experience can get much better than what we've had these past five years in enjoying a show and talking about it week to week and, uh, you know, getting to interact with it as often as we did. Um, we are very lucky, very, very blessed, and uh, definitely want to want to say you know thank you all for uh your support and uh and uh yeah i don't know before i start (laughs) uh tearing up i i will uh have to shut off the microphone so um thank you thank you thank you so much for listening and um yeah bye Thank you for listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. Obligatory contact info in three, two, one, go. Send in your feedback to iZombiePodcast at gmail.com. All of our contact info is on our website, iZombiePodcast.com. You can follow Steph on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow Robin at L. Robin Yarrow. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at Behance.net slash D. Sheehan. Check out our other podcasts. You can listen to us binge watch through great shows like Dawson's Creek, Smallville, Veronica Mars, and When I Zombie Ends, Gilmore Girls. Just subscribe to We Don't Want to Wait on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to check out TV Time. If you want to join a global community of TV watchers where our podcast, among others, is currently streaming, download the TV Time app today. Go to tvtime.com for more details. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We do this in our spare time, so your ratings and reviews are much appreciated. And the only payment we ask are your kind words. And make sure it's on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph.
And we're done. You think anyone's still listening? Oh, they totally are. Bye, zombie. Live forever! 